Started off a little funky for episode 69, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, welcome back. Episode 69, trying to keep it groovy out here, man. Trying to keep it groovy in it. Get your swag on. <laughs> little Austin Power swag now. Shout out to Quincy Jones, man. Super Bossa Nova, man. Get the vibes right, episode 69 of the K motherfucking podcast, welcome back, how you doing? I mean, no emails like always, but it's all good, I don't take it personally or anything, you know, just gonna keep it moving, man, just know that, you know, (laughs) it hurts, man. Damn right! (laughs) Now, welcome back, man, um... We got any personal news? I think the last time we spoke was right before Valentine's Day. So, just a little update, man. Had a good Valentine's Day with my lady. You know what I mean? Um, Had a little dinner. We took those swan boats out on Lake Eola, downtown Orlando, which I'd never done. I've lived here for fucking over 10 years. Never even looked at those joints, man. But we went out there, man. You know, we just had a nice love filled. You know what I mean? Gotta spread love, man. But besides that, just been working like crazy. Had to shoot down in Miami again for work. Been running around doing all these fucking sights out here. But this past weekend, I know I mentioned my motherfucking brother Stu Diggs and his now wife Elena. Congratulations again. Got married this past weekend. Super dope. 
Um, I don't know how much into detail I'd gone about it, but they basically rented this giant mansion property um, near the beach up near Daytona. So it was like, it was basically a compound is the best way to describe it. It was about 11 acres. The main house, you know, was where everything was at. The big house, big pool in the back, had a dock that went out to the water and everything. And then there was like two or three guest houses on this same compound slash plot of land, you know what I'm saying? So the groomsmen, we all got our own house. The bridesmaids all had their own house. Um, so no one had to like drive anywhere, get transportation. Obviously, there's alcohol involved. So I just thought the, the approach was super dope. And just the whole, I mean, everything was dope, man. The property, the wedding itself, the reception, just, you know, the the vibes, man. You know what I mean? Vibes don't lie, man. But yeah, shouts again. My motherfucking bro and my sis, Elena, man. Much love to them. But besides that, like I said, man, just working. Got some collabs on the way. Keep your motherfucking eyes peeled. Got some people coming on the pod. You know what I mean? It's just a lot to juggle right now, man. Plate's a little full, but as long as you keep eating, you know, it won't overflow, man. You know what I mean? Drop bars on the pod, man. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. She. 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 But without further ado... Let's go ahead and get into some new music. I know my motherfucking brother Matane dropped a project, uh, I believe, on Valentine's Day. Or right before Valentine's Day, but it was mainly for Valentine's Day. Called Unreleased Affection. It's got two of the smash singles you might have heard on the airwaves. Brown Honey and a newer joint, Believe. But I'm going to play one you haven't heard yet unless you heard the project and you super tapped in. In which case, you know what I mean? Tip my hat to you. But this is Matane. Energy doesn't lie, man. My eyes got adjusted to the darkness I got used to the pain and the suit is full of heart Shit broken sequels make broken people with broken hearts Shit is the way that it go, you see and proceed with caution On the way to go get some liquor that Remy Martin Got to pick up post after to get the Jesus sparking I pull into the lattice song, woman that's walking In the same place I'm going, will let this woman go just but of course I'm paying no mind And she started dialogue in the line She said it's rare to meet a girl but one I said yeah, also 1738 But switch it up at most times She asked the name, I told her old southern white What's your type? She said you kidding Monier but got that great food and rose That was something I haven't tasted before She could tell, she said well let me Put you on, why don't we meet at my crib I told her yeah and had to speak to myself Fuck my door I've been lied to before, been lied to. I lied to you know I lied to I tried to be cool the mind of his soul Who are you, mommy, or more? Trust the vibe, it will show Because the hidden it, she don't lie I've been down and out From both the wall to the clouds I lost the one that can call They turned it home to a house Is this the vibe I can trust? I gotta figure it out Because the hidden it, she don't lie Don't say, trust me, do you trust me? Can I trust you? 
say you love me, do you love me, can I love you? And she don't lie. We've been kicking for a while, talking manly and touch. Just went from low key, but now I'm been getting tagged in the stuff. Yeah, this is passion and love, or maybe attraction and lust. Things going good, but shit can change when it's after six months. It's happened enough, talking tragedy. Fuck my world, it fell apart in one day. A single move had broke my heart in four ways. And she consists my reluctance with her starting to go back to my old ways. We argue, I don't give a fuck, no, we ain't smoking four days. She said you ain't the only one that's scared. I know that feeling, but here to talk when you get that fit. Just if you willing, told them my past experience left me stuck in the shell. Was too busy falling in love with girls who don't love themselves. She said, well, what that say about you though? You a healer, you get kudos, but never hear yourself. You never find a room for new growth. You ain't the only nigga rethinking decisions. I sent your intentions and been in your position, baby. I get it. I've been lied to before, been lied to, lied to you know. I lied to try to be cold. Yes, sir. That's my bro Matane, man. Go get that new EP, man. Little R&B vibes for that ass. Yeah, you know I mean, we can rap too. Might sing to you. You never know. Might swoon you. Keep your motherfucking ears peeled, man. But we'll keep it pushing here. Got some new. Let's keep it. Speaking of pushing, we got some new pusher T. You know what I'm saying? She, she, she. Good music, very own pusher T. Just put out a new single called Diet Coke. Um, I think he was alluding to a new album, but for right now, we got the single. Go ahead and be happy with that. This is Diet Coke, Push the T. You heard? Yesterday's price is not today's price. 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 Every player's aiming coach right Master recipes on the stove lights The number on his jersey is the quote price You order Diet Coke, that's a joke, right? Everybody get it off the boat, right? But only I can really have a snow fight Detroit nigga challenge, what's your dope like? If your bin's bigger, step it up to ghost life Missy was our only misdemeanor my tunnel vision's better under stove lights. You order Diet Coke, that's a joke, right? My workers compensated so they don't strike. Wish me luck, see green like Don Bishop. The ones you trust don't change like them chains you tuck. Far as I'm concerned, who's the best? Me and Yezos. Washed and dry, so give me all of mine and pesos. Add it up. Your bitches in them pictures, but they laser tagging us. They mad at us. Who wouldn't be? We became everything you couldn't be Everything your mama said you shouldn't be The Porsche's horse is revving like, look at me Saddle up I'm still pitching, baby, batter up Imaginary players aiming coach right Master recipes on the stove lights The number on his jersey is the quote price You order Diet Coke, that's a joke, right? All you niggas get it off the boat, right? But only I can really have a snow fight. Detroit nigga challenge, what's your dope like? If your bin's bigger, step it up to ghost life. 
The flow's untouched, the drums is tough. Drive cullin' in when roads get rough. Snow's a must, the nose adjust. Young G's like we hove and puff. Best jewelries and hoes we lust. Chanel trinkets, same hoes or blush. Crush hearts like pretty boys. And we driving pretty toys. Extendos will make plenty noise. Crescendo, make your car endo. Pitch your car window. Missy was our only misdemeanor. Yeah, me. Shouts to Push. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know, that's his little fucking ad lib. Yeah. But yeah, man. Shouts to Push. Uh, we also got some new industry. Actually, before we get to, you know, I mean, the mainstream artists that all you guys know, also be sure to check out the K Podcast Alumni. Kev Speaks Truth dropped his album that we were promoting on here, Ego Trippin', during his episode on here. He finally dropped the project, so make sure you check that out. Artist name is Kev Speaks Truth, all one word. And the the project is called Ego Trippin', man. But that being said, I know we played a joint uh, during his episode, so I'll make sure, you know, I'll keep the mystery up, but you guys check that out, man, but make sure you do, because it's fire, man. Also, back to the mainstream joints, my dog Jack Harlow dropped a new, a new single called Nail Tech, and you know, he's got, uh, what's her name, Young Miami from City Girls in there, I don't know if that's like a, uh, you know, a hint at something if they're together. I could have sworn she was with Puff. But who knows, man? This fucking industry is wild. I can't keep up with this shit. Just make good music. You know what I mean? That's all I ask. Come on, man. But this song's good. Nail Tag, Jack Harlow, fucking out here. Tech knows how to keep it a little secret. I don't wish for my success, I speak it. I caught a buzz and you did too, but you tweaking. I look like I've been getting money, how reeking. You smell me, that's LV. Walk around with my chest out and my skin smooth, I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't help me. Most of y'all ain't wealthy. Most of y'all just dressed like it. I caught the vibe that y'all giving off and I'm trying to make myself less like it. This chick got a little Porsche body. I might let the bro test drive it. It's hard for me to get excited. I love music and stress about it. My city hauling, I'm co-signing this wave coming up next out it. Riding around in the shotgun and her Tesla. Hanging both of my legs out it like, what's up? I got stakes and they too high now, nah, I can't fuck up. I like girls that's down to earth, so don't be stuck up. I don't take L's, I give them out and I chuck them up. First listen, they hearing this shit like, what the fuck? Ten toes, that's my M.O. Fam of a gram, that's my M.O. Fucking close friends, I got friends that I keep close and they let it go while I reload. Like, TSA just opened my book bag up and my chain hitting like, King's back in his hometown when them wheels hitting, I touch down, they, she down low, three point stands. I'm back there doing jack dance, like. And I'm not no fashionista, but I'm fly though. And I know I gave up drinking, but I'm. But I'm high though. <laughs> Shouts to Jack Harlow, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I know we had also talked about Big Crit and Currency dropping new projects, both of which have done so. Big Crit's new album, Digital Roses Don't Die, with the joint that I played, I think, last episode, So Cool. And then Currency and the Alchemist drop Continuance that starts off with the track I played on here, Half Moon Mornings. So make sure you check those out as well, man. You know what I'm saying? Just gotta, just gotta do it, man. I think that was it for new music, though. Which brings us to music news, like always. And first things motherfucking first, man. Big congratulations and shout out to the godfather of rap, Uncle Snoop D-O-double-G officially acquired the label that he came out on, um, Death Row Records. So if you guys don't know, when Snoop first came out, I mean, I know he did some time with Master P and No Limit, but when he was introduced to the world as Snoop Doggy Dog, he came out on Death Row Records, him, Tupac, Dr. Dre. But he was just an artist at the time, and now... He's progressed in his career. So much time has gone by. and He's definitely fucking bossed up like 10 times over. He said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and purchase this whole fucking record label. So not only will I be an artist on the label, I'm going to own the motherfucker. And because I know we talked about he had gotten a position up at Def Jam, an executive position. I don't know technically how hands-on he's going to be with Death Row. He may just be the owner and kind of hire, you know, managerial folks to take care of the day-to-day stuff. But either way, Snoop Dogg, it's like Snoop Dogg and Shaq are just fucking, they have a fucking finger in literally everything. Commercials, products, retail, sports, music, you know, like, once again, man, shouts to motherfucking Snoop. D-O-double-G out here, fucking laying down the, the blueprint, man. Showing the way to do it properly. To age gracefully, especially in hip-hop, you know? But speaking of Snoop, I know we mentioned the Super Bowl on last episode. Uh, the game was decent. Shout out to the Rams for taking it home. But the halftime show is what I said I was tuning into, and I know a lot of people tuned in for. Because it was basically a throwback. It was a throwback to the 2000s, essentially. So they had Snoop, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, and Kendrick. And they had 50 Cent come out as a surprise guest. So if you're around my age, you know you grew up very well aware of that whole era of hip-hop. That was kind of like when I first started learning about Real hip-hop, you know, was when 50 came out, early 2000s, 2001, all that shit. And like I said, you know, came up under his mentors, Eminem, Dr. Dre. Seeing Kendrick out there with the OGs was super dope, you know what I mean? He only makes an appearance here and there, so it was good to see Kendrick. Mary J. Blige, ironically, I had just been seeing a lot of on the Power Show, her character Monet. But it was good to see her representing herself as an artist, as Mary J. Blige. I thought her performance was stellar, you know what I mean? She put forth a bunch of energy. And I know she's not a super young artist anymore, so to see her have that energy and that hunger and all that, you know what I mean, was just fucking dope. 
So shouts to all that, man. All the fucking OGs at the Super Bowl. Like I said, game was cool, man, but I, I tuned in for the halftime show, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Alright. Uh some more music news. Paul McCartney announced a sh- uh not a show, well, a series of shows. He announced a tour, the Got Back Tour. Not get back like their song, but got back, past tense. And I know he's coming to Orlando to um, Camping World Stadium, I believe. I did not check ticket prices. I'm sure they're astronomically high. This is Paul McCartney from the fucking Beatles. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just figured I'd throw that out there. If you want to check it out, check it out. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I would like to go. I just don't know <laughs> financially how much I would want to go. <laughs> But we'll see, man. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. The Got Back Tour. Also, shout out to Kanye, man. This motherfucker, I mean, one of the most creative, innovative people in general, not just artists. But so this dude released a new album, which is cool. You know what I mean? I think I've mentioned on here. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of Kanye. I'm not like a super fan. I'm not like some of these people where as soon as he drops something, I'm literally going to drop everything in my life and go run to tune in and see what it's about. But, you know, definitely a fucking Kanye fan. Um, appreciate his musical talent and what he's brought to music. You know, not a huge fashionista myself. But, you know, he's doing his thing with fashion as well. But this, what he did with his latest album is probably one of the most creative things I've ever heard. So essentially... I think it was last year in like August or no, excuse me, in like October, November. I really don't remember the months. I don't know why I'm pretending to know. But sometime last year, Kanye had put out what he calls a stem player, right? So it looks like this little circular orb, fucking spherical controller. Almost looks like a sand dollar, weirdly enough. But the stem player, it has, uh, imagine... This circle, you can hold in the palm of your hand, but it's a controller, and it has essentially a cross on it. So you can control up, down, left, right. And what it does is you can isolate pieces of the music. So you can isolate the vocal track, the bass, you know, if there's piano or whatever. You can kind of isolate the stems. For people who aren't in music, Each this, when you're recording a track, each file is referred to as a stem. Like, yo, let me get the stems. You want the tracked out song. You don't just want everything compiled together in like one MP3 file. You want 10 to 20, however many tracks there are to, to make that musical composition. You want each of those tracks individually laid out. So with the stem player, like I said, you can isolate specific noises in the song. You know, I've been seeing videos online. People are using it for all sorts of music. I saw uh, they were doing it for a SZA song, kind of isolating her angelic R&B voice when she's singing, taking all the instruments out. But like I said, this device, at least to my knowledge, was released by Kanye. And the main reason for that, fast forward a couple months, is because now that it's out and now that he's putting out a new album... He basically said, you know what, fuck streaming services, like, you guys don't pay us jack shit, you know, and it's just a constant battle fighting with other artists to get on 
the fucking playlist and the front page and all, you know, all this bullshit. So he was like, fuck it. I'm going to develop my own stem player. And the only way to hear my album is via this stem player. And so he incentivized everyone to go buy this stem player, which is like $200 versus his album, which is what, 10 bucks or whatever. So already he's making more money. I'm sure it costs money to create and develop this piece of equipment, but still to my knowledge, all the money comes to him. He retains all the money. There's no sharing with streaming services, getting getting a measly percentage or anything like that anymore. So yeah, the this little breakdown that I saw, it goes by Kanye releasing his album only via $200 stem player, he retains 100% of the revenue. He says he generated $2.2 million in 24 hours selling 11,000 units of the stem player. You'd have to sell 220,000 copies of a $10 album to make that amount, and that's before DSPs and labels take their cut. So it's more direct, you know, farm-to-table type shit, direct-to-consumer, man. Like, definitely Nipsey was on that shit, rest in peace, you know, but it's definitely... Futuristic thinking for sure, man. Um, I don't know, man. I just I thought it was super fucking interesting and super dope the way he did that. And kind of just cut out the middleman, you know? Spotify, Apple Music, all these companies that take such a big cut for really for what? For you allowing me to put my music somewhere where people have been putting their music on the internet since before streaming. You know what I mean? Bandcamp. Everybody had their fucking MySpace page with a little song on there. You know what I mean? There were definitely a bunch of music, quote-unquote, streaming back then. Um, But now, it's just hyper-convenient right there in your phone. Literally any musical collection you could ever think of, damn near, is included on these services. So they make it almost so convenient that we don't even bother to look elsewhere. So when I heard about this whole stem player approach and kind of not like ploy, but it's really a marketing scheme more or less, you know, he said, because when they, when they first came out, people were like, oh, cool, I can get this little controller to have in the studio and I can isolate vocals like, sweet, dude, I can just do that on my fucking mixing board or whatever. But then, little did we know, fast forward, he's like, okay, so you want my new album? Guess what, motherfucker? (laughs) Fuck out of here. You need the stem player, bitch. But yeah, man, shouts to Kanye. Also on Kanye, real quick, the third episode of his documentary, the docu-series finally dropped, Genius, on Netflix. Definitely check that out. Um, It's three episodes. Each one is at least an hour, I think, almost an hour and a half, so it's almost like mini movies, but it's fucking, um, it's crazy, man, they literally have been filming him since the late 90s, his buddy that he grew up with, videographer Cootie, shot the whole thing, I mean, you'll see, if you watch it, you'll see they may not remain close throughout the whole thing, but literally from the late 90s all the way up until now, 2021, 2022, Kanye has obviously been progressing as an artist and growing into this worldwide phenomenon that we know today. But you'll see in the beginning, you know, this is, it's pre, 
when I first heard of Kanye was Jesus Walks, which was like oh one, maybe oh two. Pardon me, not Jesus Walks. It was Through the Wire. I just remember seeing that video on MTV as a kid when MTV was still a thing. And I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, this music is so different from what I'm used to. And his video just looks so different. Everything about it just seems so creative, you know? But like I said, the documentary and the footage predates all that even. This is like when he was just a producer, or at least only known as a producer. He didn't have his own albums out. He didn't have his own music. You could see him fighting just to get in the room with Jay-Z. You know, little did we know they'd have a whole fucking album together later on. But, like, it was super interesting, man. And there are a lot of takeaways from it. I I don't want to ruin it. I just want you guys to check it out and kind of get your own takeaways. But my biggest takeaway is that Kanye has been Kanye. You know what I mean? And like I said earlier, I have never been the biggest fan, so I wasn't really tapped into his whole movement, him as a person, just like how he was outside of music. I was kind of unaware. So I, like most people, have been seeing him in the media the past couple years kind of going off. And, you know, I unfortunately was like, oh, this dude's off his rocker. Like something, something is, you know, just kind of whatever. Like he's got some mental instability, you know? But when you watch the documentary, he's kind of always been like that. Now, today it may be a little more amplified and just kind of out in the open because he's such a superstar. He literally like can't get away from paparazzi and being in the media. And I mean, he's literally meeting with the president, with Elon Musk, like some of the biggest businessmen in the world. His wife, ex-wife, was one of the biggest, or is one of the biggest celebrities in America, damn near around the world. I know that show is fucking blown up everywhere else, but he kind of has always been this Kanye that we're seeing now, just tamed down a little bit. And if you watch episode one, you'll probably see what I'm saying. He's kind of always had the same mannerisms. He's always, you know, spoken freely and said what was on his mind, whether or not people really liked it or not. But I will also say it makes a whole lot of sense. A lot of people say, you know, when he lost his mom, he really kind of like lost it. And when you see their relationship, I mean, I get it, dude. They were literally best friends. They were not just mother and son. They were fucking like soulmates, like fucking best friends till death. Literally, he brought her everywhere. She was in the studio with him. She was reciting verses from songs he wrote when he was like fucking 14 or 15 or some shit. Just like super fan, the most supportive, positive, influential woman ever. So I could see how her transitioning to, you know, another life impacted him. That's going to impact any human being when you lose a parent. But when you see how actually close they were, you can tell they fucking, they... Not only was he from her, but they were, like, meant for each other. You know what I mean? He's the type of dude where you could tell he's walking around, he's showing people songs and ideas and stuff, and he needs encouragement. And his mom's there encouraging him every time. And you can also see that he... You can see why he is the way... Why he is the way he is. You know what I mean? Um, 
it was pretty obvious to me that he got his personality from her. You know, like she was obviously, or not obviously if you haven't watched it yet, but she was definitely a super happy, positive woman. But both of them, you could tell, are just like a little socially awkward in like the most beautiful way, right? Like they're both like kids. They're always laughing, kind of like just doing little creative dances. And I don't know, man. Like it was, I just watched the last episode last night when his mother passes. And I'm not going to lie, I teared up a little bit. You know, everyone, I think everyone, I hope everyone has a good relationship with their mother. And like I said, just not to say their relationship was stronger than other people's, but it was definitely different. And unique to a a point that none of us have probably seen. Um, Because, I mean, I'm pretty close with my mom, but she's my mom. You know, I wouldn't say this lady was like a mom, a best friend, a cheerleader, a manager almost. You know, uh, she did so much for him. She would come around for him and like, like I said, knew a whole verse. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if my mom knew a song name of one of mine, you know what I mean? And that's no shade. That's just, I feel like that's more normal for your mom to know every single lyric of a song that you wrote like 20 years after you wrote it. I mean, come on, man. That's fucking, that's next level bond. You know what I mean? So make sure you check that out, man. Kanye West genius on Netflix, three part episodic documentary. Um, but yeah, man, that shit was dope. Shout out, much love to Kanye, Yeezy, to also just staying on music news real quick. Um, if you guys are tapped into hip-hop at all, you probably remember Slaughterhouse was a rap super group with Royce the 5'9", Joe Budden, Joel Ortiz, and Crooked Eye, right? So they were big back from like 2010 to 2014-ish. And, I mean, I was a huge fan, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, a lot of real hip-hop heads have been kind of been hoping that they would come back, but it looks like that may never happen. You know, Joe has been podcasting for so long, kind of said he's retired. Um, The other three are doing their own thing. Royce is doing a lot of producing now. Crooked Eye and Joel both still rap. And I believe they both actually just put out an album together, right? So I saw this video going around. It's Crooked Eye's the only one who's not there. It's Royce, Joe, and Joel Ortiz on an IG Live, basically talking about the album. And Joel's saying, Joe Budden's telling him that like he's not going to listen to the album because you know he's not a part of it, so it's not Slaughterhouse, basically. And Joel's just like, bro, support my shit, basically, right? So I'm going to play this video real quick, and we'll talk about it afterwards liar and for you to do that to me and him to you and him what are y'all ser- y'all not serious dog y'all not serious dog y'all out here running around with a wild ass narrative lying about me and crook like we went and took a bag y'all got people saying we out here doing things for a bag i never done nothing for a bag y'all know yeah. me better than that, that is exactly- know- listen if that- anybody's spinning a narrative it's y'all two gentlemen what narrative especially you royce you out here talking about the 25%. You had 25% and you burned it down. You're doing all types of uh, mathematical equations about uh, fucking housing ownership and shit like that. The bottom line is this. Crooked bring a bag to the table for something that y'all ain't been fucking with for a long time. 
right? Yeah, but you can't. But you can't say that. You can't say I haven't been fucking with it for a long time. Why, hey, that ain't even the part I got an issue. Yeah, with. what gives? What, what, you, what you got an issue with? Okay. What gives you the right to tell me what I'm fucking what, what with? Like, that's not fair. What you yeah. got an issue? What you listen? How about this? How about this? Y'all tell me what y'all got an issue with, and I'll address it. What you got an issue with, Joe? All of it. All of what? <laughs> All of what, Joe? No, I don't. No, don't do that. All of what? All of what? I know how this got twisted up. What? What happened? What did I miss? I what was you. the big fuck up? I, I want to know how this got twisted up. Yo, well, I love you, and I want nothing but the best of you. So then, nigga, uh, listen to the uh, album, uh, then. That's uh, it. This. Fuck with the album, bro. Excuse fuck me? with the album, bro. Fuck with the album. If you want nothing but, fuck with the album, man. Tell people to listen to the album, son. Tell all that album, because suck my dick. Are you kidding me? Nigga, suck my dick. Don't go there. Don't do that. You want no, me to put people to this clown show? All right, I'm out, man. All right, one. the fuck out of here with I'm that bitch, man. So, you know, yo, Joe, that little, comment, that little comment, that little comment right there, you're going to wish you retracted that one. I'm out. One. Goodbye. I can't want the best for him. Like, if I want the best for him, I have to support it, nigga. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's happening or not. But then I also saw Crook. Let me see. Crook had responded in a way because he, like I said, he wasn't a part of that of that live so he chimed in later kind of like yo you know what i mean uh <laughs> the fuck are we doing here this is crook kind of chiming in it was just one of them things you know what i mean where it's like it's like yo i'm trying to bring the fans the music the fans been wanting slaughterhouse for a long time i'm trying to bring the fans the music you know what i mean I'm doing my best for years and years and years. And I'm supposed to just wait. I love Royce to death. But when he said he wouldn't do it without Joe, I couldn't do nothing. I was stung. I was hurt. He might feel like, yo, Slaughterhouse is not a brand without Joe Button. And that's fine. That's cool. He might feel like, yo, you know what? It got to be all four members to be Slaughterhouse. It might not just be a thing where he's, Choosing Joe. It could be like, yo, I, even if it was Joel, whoever is missing, it's not Slaughterhouse without all four. So I say, okay, that's cool. But right now, it's been sitting around. Our last album dropped in 2012. It's 2022. It's been 10 years. The fans been asking for this stuff for a long time. Let's give them some closure. Let's give them a couple joints. It's nothing, man. This is what we do. We, we make music. But Joe... He wanted me to wait on Joe again, and that's what hurt me. That's what hurt me. He wanted me to wait on Joe again. <laughs> he wanted me to wait on Joe again. So, yeah, it sounds like Joe's kind of fucking it up. I don't know. I'm assuming he's just so focused on podcasting. Maybe he doesn't give a shit about the music anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, you know what I mean? Fingers crossed for Slaughterhouse music, bruh.
And while we're on the Joe topic, kind of off music now, but I know we've talked about the Joe Budden podcast, how they had their split, Rory and Maul doing their own thing, but they never really explained in detail kind of what went on or how they felt about it or whatnot. But Maul has finally spoken, man. Damn right. Uh, He went on the Personal Party podcast with Smoke Dizza. And he finally kind of spoke up about the situation. You know, they asked him about it. It's been, I think, at least a year now since all that went down. So I wanted to play that real quick on here as well. Let me pull this up real quick. So basically, uh, the B Mike dude show Broadway on Personal Party Podcast. He has a little segment where he questions the guests. Um, I mean, as they do on a podcast, right? But he asks them basically like, how, you know, how he feels about Joe and how everything went down. So this is Maul kind of responding to that. that that's the end of the question? I mean, yeah. Start no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no. you, you, you kept, kept it real. I don't respect him at all. You never shake his hand again. Shake his hands? I'll shake the room before I shake his hand, bro. That's just what it is. I mean, you know, because like I said, it was. It, it's not even about the business or the money. It's a lot of money. A lot of money, so I, I'm. It's a lot of money, bro. Mm. That me and Rory walked away from. It's a lot of money that was taken out of our pockets. It's a lot of money that we still to this day we don't have no lawyers going after it. Keep it. We got our own back. But with that, with that money that we walked away from, and with that, you know what was owed to us that we walked away from. That was also me walking away from a relationship and a chapter of my life that once I walk away, you know, that door never opens again because it takes a lot to get me to that point. So once I'm near, I'm, it's over. You know what I mean? Mm. It's over. And it's just like, like I said, it ain't beef. Like it ain't, it ain't beef. Like, Cause that was really my friend at one point. So yeah, it's not beef. Yeah, I don't have beef, bro. Right. I, bro, listen, I don't have beef. I don't have beef with nobody. I always just say I'm not beefing. Out. It's just a fall. I'm out. not beefing with nobody black. I always say it, bro. I'm not right. doing it. But you know, my number ain't changed, but niggas know they can't hit that line. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not changing my number. I got the same numbers for 15 years. Hmm. Certain people just know they can't. They don't have access to me, though. You still got my number, but you don't have access to me. Damn right. You know it's going to be awkward if you call my phone. You know it's going to be awkward if you text me. Like, so people ain't going to even do it. So it's like, you know, do I respect him? No. Do I think that he's intelligent? Yes. Do I think that he's a, a creative? Yes. Do I think that... Uh, he's he's done some 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 good things with his life. Absolutely. Do I think as an MC is he is he dope? Yes. As a man, I can't. I, I'm just cut different, bro. I, I don't mix with that. You know what I'm saying? I can't fuck with people that move like that. You gotta have integrity, bro. If you don't got you, I fuck with niggas that's you know don't have. No, I'm talking about they 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 hustle for everything. So yeah, I thought that was. Uh, kind of, I don't want to say like much needed, but a lot of the fans of the show, like myself, you know what I mean? We're kind of curious. We kind of got tidbits of what happened, them talking about it, going back and forth and whatnot, but it was mainly like subs and he still kind of didn't go into detail, but he at least expressed how he felt about it. You know what I mean? Like he said, you know. He was. They were friends at one point. I know they were roommates at one point, but people people show you who they really are. You know what I'm saying? People, people show their true colors, especially when money comes into play. 
they say put a fucking pile of money on the table and, you know, people will expose themselves quick. So I thought that was interesting, man. Um, but yeah, that was not music related, just on the Joe topic. Uh, I don't think there's any more podcast stuff, but just real quick on TV. Like I said, fucking Snowfall is back. Atlanta comes back this month. I actually just finished, or not finished. Or yeah, I guess finished because the second season just finished. Me and my girl were just gotten to Euphoria. Been watching that on HBO. It was definitely interesting. It's not something I would normally watch, but you know, she she pitched it and... I mean, we got hooked on that shit. My boy Fez out here. Not Fez from that 70s show, but fucking. <laughs> fuck fuck, fuck out here. Young Fezco out here. But yeah, man, check those out. You know what I mean? Also, I know the Winter Olympics is going on. Or it might have ended by now. I honestly didn't watch any of it. Um, but, you know, shouts to everyone who won. Snowboarders, hockey, fucking. What's that shit? Uh curling all that weird shit (laughs) kind of shifting gears a little bit i also saw this article it says new york patient becomes the first woman to possibly be cured of hiv an american research team reported that it has possibly cured hiv in a woman for the first time building on past successes as well as failures In the HIV cure research field, the scientists used a cutting-edge stem cell transplant method that they expect will expand the pool of people who could receive similar treatment to several dozen annually. Their patients stepped into a rarefied club that includes three men whom scientists have cured or very likely cured of HIV. I'm assuming one of those is Magic Johnson. Uh, I'm sorry. Researchers also know of two women whose own immune systems have quite extraordinarily apparently vanquished the virus. Carl Diefenbach, director of the Division of AIDS at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, one of the multiple divisions of the National Institutes of Health that funds the research network behind the new case study, told NBC News that the accumulation of repeated apparent triumphs in curing HIV continues to provide hope, quote-unquote. It's important that there continues to be success along this line, he said. In the first case, what was ultimately deemed a successful HIV cure, investigators treated the American Timothy Ray Brown for acute myeloid leukemia, or AML, He received a stem cell transplant from a donor who had a rare genetic abnormality that grants the immune cells that HIV targets natural resistance to the virus. Their strategy in Brown's case, which was first made public in 2008, has since apparently cured HIV in two other people, but it has also failed in a string of others. This therapeutic process is meant to replace an individual's immune system with another person's, treating their cancer while also curing their HIV. First, physicians must destroy the original immune system with chemotherapy and sometimes irradiation. I don't know what that is. I know radiation, but irradiation? Even more gnarly? Fuck. 
The hope is that this also destroys as many immune cells as possible that still quietly harbor HIV despite effective antiretroviral treatment. Then, provided the transplanted HIV-resistant stem cells engraft properly, new viral copies that might emerge from any remaining infected cells will be unable to infect any other immune cells. It is unethical, experts stress, to attempt an HIV cure through a stem cell transplant, a toxic and sometimes fatal procedure, in anyone who does not have a potentially fatal cancer or other condition that already makes them a candidate for such a risky treatment. Dr. Deborah Persaud a pediatric infectious disease specialist at the John Hopkins University School of Medicine who chairs the NIH-funded scientific committee behind the new case study, said that while we're very excited about the new case of possible HIV cure, the stem cell treatment method is still, quote-unquote, not a feasible strategy for all but a handful of the millions of people living with HIV. So yeah, man, I mean, I thought that was, you know, a fucking huge step for huma- for humanity, really, you know, mankind in general. Um, like they said, um, millions of people deal with HIV and AIDS every day, uh... And up to this point, to my knowledge, at least, there hasn't been a fucking cure. Like I said, for the exception of the super wealthy, like Magic Johnson, who, I don't know. Way to go, scientists. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's all I got to say about that. I thought that was uh, definitely worth mentioning. You know what I mean? And then the last two things I got here, I did see that Ahmaud Arbery's Shooters were found guilty of federal hate crimes. Thank God. I mean, you know, rest in peace to Ahmad, obviously. But uh, it seems like too many of these motherfuckers just get off, you know. Um, so I was glad to see they're at least going to be held. I mean, some people might argue death penalty. I think it was in Georgia where they might still have that. I don't know. I feel like some of these southern states, you never know. But this article says... The three white men convicted of murder in Ahmad Arbery shooting were found guilty of federal hate crimes Tuesday in a verdict that affirmed what family members and civil rights activists said all along, that he was chased down and killed because he was black. The verdict, handed down one day before the second anniversary of Arbery's death on February 23, 2020, was symbolic coming just months after all three defendants were convicted of murder in a Georgia state court and sentenced to life in prison. But family and community members viewed the hate crimes trial as an important statement. The case also became part of a larger national reckoning on racial injustice after graphic video of Arbery's killing leaked online. Those dudes are going to fucking jail for life, thank God. But I guess they're saying they got convicted for murder and were getting life in prison anyway. But on top of that, they got convicted of a federal hate crime because of what they did, you know? It's not like 
they would have done that if Aubrey was a white dude. You know what I mean? Or like he was doing anything to them. Uh, it was strictly because he was a black dude and they didn't fuck with him. So rest in peace to Ahmad Arbery. Have fun in prison to those three motherfuckers. Uh, and last but not least, I don't know if you guys have been hearing about what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. So I'm going to read you this um, this blurb here about kind of summarizing what's going on. And stuff is still developing right now. It seems like it may not be going in Russia's favor like people thought it was initially, thank God. But I'm going to read this real quick. It says, Russia is vast. It is unimaginably massive. It is 11 time zones long and has a 36,000 kilometer long coast and 17 million square kilometers in area. Then why does it still fear losing support of Ukraine and desire its landmass so badly? The answer is geography. Even though Russia has a long coast, its entire length is far high up in the northern hemisphere and hence the waters are not warm throughout the year. The coast freezes for close to half of the year, and that means they can't have good ports and trade and commerce is affected. For trade, you need a warm water port, where trade can happen all year with connections to the south. And here comes the answer, Ukraine. Ukraine has a coast along the Black Sea and connects to the Mediterranean, which opens up the entire world. Russia dearly desires this. After the collapse of the USSR, the stands, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, etc., fell along with the Russians, but the countries along but the countries close to Europe, Romania, Lithuania, etc., fell with the West and NATO. Ukraine got caught in the middle. The eastern part of Ukraine supported Russia and the West with the EU. Ukraine had Ukraine also had Sevastopol. I think that's how you say that. S E V A S T A P O L. Ukraine had Sevastopol, a warm water port in the region of Crimea, the small part that juts out in the south. Russia had a lease to use this warm water port and run its ships for trade, but if Ukraine went into the EU or NATO, there was a risk of losing this port. Russia still had to cross the Bosphorus Channel controlled by Turkey, a NATO member, to reach the Mediterranean. Turkey allows Russian trade vessels in good faith but can stop any time to pressure Russia. So there's all the more reason for Russia to not let Ukraine also go to the West. Ukraine has always juggled their interests with the EU and with Russia. In 2013, when it looked like they were going for EU membership, Putin had to take action. He moved and annexed Crimea and took the port for himself. Ukraine dropped the EU plan, but it had almost lost Crimea. Putin actually gave an interview after annexing Crimea and said this, If you compress the spring all the way to its limit, it will snap back hard. You must always remember this, quote-unquote. Now fast forward to 2021, Ukraine is fancying itself a NATO membership. If given, the U.S. can plan to cut off Russia from its trade using Ukraine, Romania, and Turkey. 
Putin has made up a story of Russians facing genocide and invaded Ukraine to save them. Whether the EU or NATO will come to help is anyone's guess. More likely that the spring will complete its reaction, metaphor. So, yeah, man. I mean, prayers for Ukraine. Last I checked, Russia did invade. You know, there was videos of bombs and tanks rolling in, ships trying to get in there. But Ukraine seems to be standing strong and saying, you know, get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. I also just saw this morning... It says Russian forces have captured a Ukrainian nuclear power plant, the largest in Europe. Heavy fighting caused a fire to break out near one of the Zaposizia plants. Sorry if I mispronounced that. The plant's six reactors, but Ukrainian authorities say the fire has been extinguished. They also say there were many casualties from the fighting around the plant, which started late Thursday. At a press conference Friday morning, the head of International Atomic Energy Agency, Rafael Grassi, said the plant safety systems are intact and, quote-unquote, there has been no release of radioactive material. So, I mean, it's, it kind of shows you, you know, they. I don't think it's coincidence that they targeted a nuclear power plant in Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely getting... Uh, Getting rocky out here turned into not just, like, arms war, but potentially biological warfare. I don't fucking know, man. Um, and, you know, obviously the internet's going to be the internet. People are, like, joking. Oh, World War Three's upon us. Ha ha. Like, I don't know why that's funny, dude, you know. Uh, world War Three insinuates that the world is involved, i.e. the United States. So guess what, bro? Get off Twitter and start strapping up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, shit like this is never funny to me. Anyone losing their life isn't funny, obviously, but this is like an actual real-world conflict taking place right before our very eyes. You know, we've been dealing with the climate and just kind of like surface-level political stuff for so long. We haven't seen any real—not on this scale, I guess. We haven't seen any real— uh, combat you know so yeah man prayers for ukraine positive vibes for everybody over there um my sis elena uh Stu's wife is actually from ukraine originally so a lot of her family that was at the wedding you know what i mean they're all ukrainian people great people you know so to see shit like this happen because putin's a fucking dick uh yeah man i don't know shit's crazy but yeah man i think that's gonna wrap up Episode 69. Damn Much right. love to all you motherfuckers, like always, man. Uh, just a reminder hit the email, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, a little feedback, some questions, some fodder, you know what I'm saying? Just add a little some, some. Got some guests lined up too, as always, man. Just, you know, got to throw these in, a little sprinkle in between, a little sprinkle. She, she, but she. you know the fucking vibes, man. Stay safe. Stay smart, stay sexy, and stay motherfucking tuned. Episode 69, the K-Podcast. We getting out of here. Till next time, man. Much love.